What's happening? Hello, everybody. Hello again. I hope you're all well on this fine, what is right now, Monday morning, Nick. It is quite nice today. How are you, Nick? I am. How are you? Right, actually. I'm all right. I'm all right. What happened at the weekend? Anything exciting? Chores it was at the weekend, you know, and you've been putting shit off. Chores. Chores? What chores did you do? Boring stuff. Oh, that's a great start to the podcast. Really boring stuff. Fantastic, isn't it? Really boring. All right. Keep talking about it, but it was really boring. Don't ask me any more details. It's just boring, all right? Can we just get on with it? Fuck's sake. Terrible start to this. Ask questions. Hurry up. Hot or cold? <laughs> That's the first question. Hot or cold? Um, Don't think about it. Go. Hot. Is that like, am I hot or cold now, or is that would I prefer hot hey, or cold? There's no more context, really, is there? It's silly. If that's Lewis, he needs to up his game. It's got to be Lewis. Come down, Neil. Um, right, next question. In terms of task and time management, what is the best resource you've come across? Or does good old pen and paper still reign supreme? Calendar. And I use a combination, really. Got my notepad there, calendar, and then what else? You do use a CRM kind of system, but it's not. Can I just say you started really badly here today? Why? Come on. You've got, you've given him about Really four different answers here. Even two. I said notepad and calendar. Listen. And we've got a CRM system. He's not asked for a fucking CRM, has he? He's asked for a... Well, before you rudely interrupted, which is kind of standard for you, let's be honest. I didn't get to my point. Can I get to my point? Or do you want to answer the question? So get back in your little shitty little box and shut up. All right? Um. I was going to say, what would make it better is if there were reminders on the tasks into the calendar. That's what I'd like. Useless answer. Well, no, because then I go on before, again, fucking interrupt, don't you? Huh? If you can find something that does that, like Tick Tick is supposed to be pretty good. It's a little app, that's it, but it doesn't sync with all calendars. Um, a couple of the guys use that. But I think as long as you... You know what really helps with prioritization and productivity is is really knowing what the focus is. Um, I think that helps more from a first start standpoint. And then I think just what works best for you is what works best for you. Everybody's slightly different in the way they get on with things. So, um, so yeah, combination. Go on, have you fucking two pence then? Go on. 
People want answers, Nick. You know what I mean? People want answers. Just because it wasn't satisfying to you, not for you. It's not for you. It's not all about Anthony Park. All right. Um, if you have Google Calendar, uh, in fact, to your point a minute ago, same thing I just said, Calendar. Yeah. You've got, you didn't know, did you? You didn't define really? one. If, really if, shut up, you knobhead. Um, if, if you are clear on what your intentions, goals, and all of that type of stuff, and, <laughs> and listen, listen, listen. <laughs> Listen, because I've not finished. You. <laughs> you then have started to put set processes in your business. So it's like a reoccurring process in the calendar, the Google calendar or the Outlook calendar that you may use, right? Time block the shit out of your week. Like people sit there and go, oh, I just can't do that. You, you can, you can, you can. Like you have a go at your fucking clients for not doing my fitness pal or doing your check-in. You can't even be an adult and put time block tasks into a calendar. How many P how many PTs? Oh, I just can't do that. Shut up. You can. Right. And if you use the notepad and pen absolutely works in terms of to-dos, but I think sometimes it's it's just a never-ending list, isn't it? And you don't know what to prioritize, and you'll quickly just reach for the shit that's fast and that is easy to do. So my advice would be to get either Google Calendar and TickTick because they go, um, they integrate with each other. And what TickTick will do and Google Calendar is give you notifications and alerts that Nick was waffling on about a minute ago. Um, so that integrates really well. Um, so if you time block in Google Calendar, you put your list into TickTick, it integrates well. That's class. Also, if you're not a Google Calendar geek, then and you're a bit of an outlook dude like me there is an app called microsoft to do and that integrates with your outlook calendar and that also has reminders and notifications there you go give them some fucking answers waffled repeating what i just said yeah oh, i give answers no, I didn't, next question. Like, oh, we've what got this it? we've got this and we've got that and we do this we don't give you this you saucy let me just mute Anthony for a second. There we go. That's better. What aspects of coaching do you think you have the most room for development in? I can tell you fucking one. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, tell us. Go on. In fact, let's assess. Come on. Listening. Yeah, I, I would say that that is. I'm I still in the process of... If, I, if I'm sat here with a... PT or a, sorry yeah with a coach or a client or whatever I will always have the emphasis on listening to understand so when I'm working I'm very much um I've developed I feel like a decent amount in listening to understand although um I think as you get tired as you get as I get hungry I will um start to revert to type which is listening to respond um so I think yeah, I, I think my reverting to type is listening to respond. And what I want to do is then therefore help people. So I, I try to get there quicker, which is not always the right thing. Um, so it's an ever-evolving process. But I think I'm, God, probably 60, 70% more conscious of it than I was, say, five, six, seven, eight years ago. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm sometimes guilty of listening to respond and not to understand. 
Um, what about you? What do you need to develop in? I'll give you a fucking long list. I would say similar. I would say very similar, to be fair. I think, I think being prepared, not being prepared as in notes and stuff like that, but being prepared for coaching calls sometimes, like switching on, I would say. So, so similar. It all stems from listening, doesn't it? And, um, and I think I can all. I think I can always get better with with um, the questions. Sometimes I default to questions, and I think I should broaden them a little bit more. Apart from that, that's it. Apart from that, he thinks he's perfect. Um, I want to create a lead magnet to post on socials and in and around the gym, but I'm not really sure where to start. Where would you guys go from here? The first thing is identify the who your market is. Once you've done that, identify the, the first challenge, barrier, frustration, thing that they're trying that will they're trying to get over, get through, start um, and create something that's going to help them. Whether that's download, the, the, what it is, in my opinion, doesn't, it depends on the objective. Like if it's a download and if it's a PDF or, you know, you're probably looking at meeting people at the start of their journey. So that would be warming them up. If it's like, could be like a seven day trial on something um, on your service as an example. But the main thing is, is know your audience, know what they're struggling with, create something that's gonna help them with that struggle um, and scream and shout about it. That's very simple process, I know, a very simple answer to that question, but it genuinely is. And I think the next thing I would do is if, you're, if you like conflicted about, right, I've got this thing over here, which I kind of like to do. And I've got this thing over here, which maybe my audience are, or my demographic is struggling with, but it's not as exciting as, or interesting as this thing over here. What I would do is go to your market, your audience, or the clients that fit the market you want to work with and ask them. Um, and even better, if you've got a mailing list, go to them and put it out to them first. That will give you confirmation of which one the which one is the right thing, um, and yeah, run with it then. Anything to add? No, I don't think so. Um, the next question's for you, really. Um, I think I heard Nick describe himself as an introvert before. What did he find most useful to overcome that? Um, Me. You know what? I don't think I did anything consciously. I think I, the roles and the jobs I had put me in really uncomfortable positions where I had to be. I had to like be more extroverted. So an example I can give you is um, um, 
I would say when I, let me just think of pinpoint a couple of occasions. I think one of the bigger ones was when I started to get into more kind of group classes. I think that helped massively. I think one of the biggest things that I did was when I worked on the cruise ships, you had to be loud. You had to be, you had to dial your personality up times a hundred to get fast sales and to, to make money. So, um, Putting yourself in uncomfortable positions, definitely. I think that was one of the main things. Um, examples and give you is group exercise, doing webinars, um, pitching like your your business to people, um, being in new environments. So yeah, I would say those are the the things that I wouldn't I wouldn't have wanted to do. The roles that I took forced me into those positions. And you got a very simple choice when you're in those positions. You either don't do it and follow what your natural personality tells you to do, which is sit in the background or merge into the group, or that only leads to you not being able to do that job and ultimately like being out having to move on. So yeah, I think put yourself in those positions where it doesn't feel comfortable. That is where you're going to be able to um, develop the extroverted side because everyone's got an introverted side and an extroverted side. It's just one more dominant than the other and naturally more dominant than the other. So I think put yourself in those positions, I think, which is the biggest thing that helped me. Three things that you believe make a crap PT coach and that we should avoid like the plague. Questions? You missed the question. Oh, where was I? Oh, sorry. Uh, just wonder, um, good at nutrition, was thinking to do some healthy baking and do my lead gen, sharing my recipes. I think if that's a question in regards to is that the right thing to do or not, um you've got to look at does that solve an issue for the market that you're trying to attract um and if it does great and then do it create it and and get it out there in front of people um i would argue that there's probably bigger problems and issues and quicker wins that will bring you in a volume of um leads than that will i'm not saying that that won't work because clearly it would if you deliver it in the right way but I would genuinely look into the demographics, biggest problems and issues right now and challenges and look at solving one of them really quickly to bring in a volume of leads. Um, but that is definitely a good lead generation um, lead gen magnet. It just probably won't give you the same volume as, as some of us. That's what I would say. Um, next question. Three things that you believe make a crap PT or coach and that we should avoid like the plague not working on your business not prioritizing that and with that define that so if people don't understand what it means so i think where a lot of pts get caught out is effectively working 
90, 95% in their business. And what I mean by that is just basically delivering the sessions, turning up to the gym, delivering the sessions, going home, turning up for shift, delivering the shift, going home and not spending time, basically office hours, right? So working on development, not just from a programming or nutrition sense, but from a business sense, from a self-awareness sense. Um, so work, not working on your business, I think, you can get away with it for so long, but then it really starts to bite you in the ass when you want to develop and grow and scale and be more secure in your business. I think the second thing, very, very simply, is PTs who don't program, who wing sessions. I think uh, you should avoid like the plague. And the third thing is... Um, not taking your business seriously, treating it as a hobby. I think that is the other thing you should avoid like the plague. And I think the the first one, if you're not doing those things is probably one of the biggest signs that you're treating it a little bit more like a hobby versus a career and a, a job and a, a business. Um, so yeah, off the top of my head, those three. I'm always thinking, what can I do to provide an amazing service that no one else is probably doing or offering to their online clients? What do you think is generally missing from one-to-one -one online coaching service? Um, the biggest thing that I see is genuinely missing, what I think is genuinely missing is actually delivering on a one-to-one -one perspective, um, a one-to-one -one actual service. So what I see is the majority of online coaches delivering a service like oh you get your program access to the app you get a loom check-in you get some education you get this you get that and it's all just very feature heavy but when we strip that away and clearly we need tools to help clients achieve a result right there's methods and things that we need to use to help craft the right environment for a client to achieve a result but um the one the one thing we don't need that is like isn't a shiny object or a new method or an amazing platform or website or app is and as, as boring as this may sound is genuinely having the intention to really really understand the person you've got coming in um and what i mean by that is that what you'll find is that if you really aim to understand them you have a really strong pre-consult you find out loads about them their situation their environment um, their habits, behaviours, uh, what makes them tick, what makes them internally motivated. You can build and create and craft this programme and service that is very specific to that client. Now, what's important about that is then how you tailor the check-in process for that client. How do you make it specific enough to have the right questions, the right KPIs specific to that individual so they value it and see it as a tool that they, they can't live without? for the next however lot of months same goes for helping them um choose and build out the communication and feedback that they get what type of method what type of style to suit that individual same goes for their programming built out from likes and you can it's a collaborative effort um same goes for the different styles of nutrition methods that a client might have a client might have one nutrition method Monday to Friday because they're in a structure and routine, but that might switch to the weekend at the weekend because for whatever reason. So 
it, it's not necessarily adding more and more tools in. For me, it's really understanding the client well enough, the individual well enough to know the frequency of support, frequency of feedback, frequency of communication to ensure that the program fits into their life, um, to ensure that you know your client well enough that if there's going to be bumps in the road and barriers and challenges that you actually know them or can see signs of them even before they do. I think for me, the genuine one-to-one -one coaching is missed just for feature heavy delivery. So I get your approval, anything you'd add. Nope. If you could be an athlete from any sport, from any era, who are you picking? What a question that is. That is an amazing question. Oh, God, that's got me thinking. I've literally had immediately five sports pop into my brain. Um, Jeez. I think Ayrton Senna. Wow, I didn't expect that one. Mm. In terms of what? In terms of? In terms of like the cars back then were like so like completely raw and dangerous and like so the skill to be at that level um yeah i think that yeah i think he was almost like a, a definitely like a pioneer to the type of driving and the style and the and the ability i think is first of his kind so and also with the technology how it is now versus then i think it even highlights even more how good he was so and also the battles that he had obviously with with frost so yeah i would say that but then literally i've had i think i'd always go back a couple of eras like i think other ones were like um not a particular athlete particularly, but UFC back in the day, like when it was like UFC, you know, the tournament styles. Yeah, chucking that. Yeah. Um, football as well. Only only inspired from obviously watching the Beckham recently because I'm not into football that much, but I thought that was really interesting. Again, like how he went from the 90s to where he's kind of now and the perception that everyone had, of I had of him. And a lot of surprises through that. And yeah, there was, there's literally another three or four sports that popped into my head. It was yours, mate. It's one of, this is that like, what's your favourite film question, isn't it? Yeah. There's always like, oh, fuck. I can answer that quite clearly, but and don't really regret my answer, but I could see me regretting this answer. Right. It's a big question for me, this. But I'm going to stick with it. I would go to that Galactico era of Real Madrid with Zidane, R9, Roberto Carlos, 
before just before Beckham was there and playing I, I'd love to play in that group from a from a football perspective. Now I would have said United's 99 season, but I can see you've gone and ruined that. So probably yeah, either that Galactico area of Real Madrid or yeah. the 99 season of United. But the other two that were sticking out in my mind was you just said the the Couture Chuck Liddell era of UFC and that moment that World Cup, the England Rugby World Cup, when Johnny Wilkinson kicked that goal. Exactly the one that came up in my head as well. Yeah, they're all moments, aren't they, that stick out in your mind to be a, a good sporting time and era. Um, but I'm sure I'll come away from this. The other one was Jordan's. I don't like basketball that much, but when you watch that fucking Netflix documentary, that when you know you watch it in the early nineties of that Chicago Bulls team, yeah, I don't like fucking basketball, but it's not that I don't like it. I obviously respect it and like watching it now and again, but that was cool as fuck. That era on it, the early nineties with that one. That's a class question, that. But yeah, if I define one, the Galactico era of Real Madrid. Um where they won back-to-back Champions Leagues. Oh, God, I'm even fucking going back on it now. Anyway, forget it. We'll be here all night. Right, people. That was a good one. There's no more questions in the chat, is there? Don't think so. Nope. Sweet. Right, and that's us. Have a good day, pals. See you in a bit. Bit.